Hello, Podmon Bods. This week's episode is with Abe Engel, Abraham Engel from AI Synthesis. And we're going to be skipping all the intros and all the ads and all the dates today because uh, I didn't have time to get this edited in time to release because it's a holiday weekend and I had a bunch of problems with my Cubase license. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's really annoying. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, this music that you hear is from Abe's musical project called Force Damage, and you can check that out uh, on Bandcamp. Let's get into it. Oh no, it's great for me. I've been wanting to, um, I've been wanting to be on podcasts and and talk more about just what it's like uh, on this side of the panel, if you will. Um, right. So it's great for me. It seems like part of your whole mission is to be um, a welcome, open, friendly, you know, uh, gateway for people who are maybe intimidated by this very intimidating mode of making music. Yeah, and definitely. Building. Yeah, and building, like the DIY thing. So I've, I've just noticed from your videos, I don't know, you just seem to have a nice, like, nice warm demeanor um, in tone and in the tone you use on just in your print on your website when you try to describe what you're you're doing and everything and and that's that's nice to see thanks yeah it all comes from um me being in college um in uh at evergreen actually closer to you and oh um (laughs) like being utterly 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 broke um Uh uh-huh like the the most broke i've ever been in my life and, you know, I had a couple synthesizers, uh, and they were great, um, but I had just gotten obsessed with modular, and I knew that we had some hidden away on campus. There were, I think, three Buklas and a couple ARP 2600s, um, but I was not in that program, so I would never actually get access to those. And um, I was just like, oh, you know, the only way I'll ever be able to afford one of these is if I, if I build it myself. And uh, I, I basically just dreamed about it because at that point in time, there wasn't really any information online as to how to do that. Like what there was was just horribly documented and you, you know, you had to already be an EE to be able to understand any of it. And I was like, I just want to create something that I wish was there for me 20 years ago. So sorry, what, what, what is your background then? What, what did you go to Evergreen for? It wasn't, it wasn't uh, election, electrical engineering. No, I I don't have an E or anything. Uh, no, I went to Evergreen mainly. I mean, like I I couldn't afford to pay Reed uh, Reed's tuition, and I wanted to stay on the West Coast. Um, and I was in I was from California, and I really just mm-hmm. wanted to get out of California. And um, me and my buddies and bandmates at the time, they weren't really doing much in California either. Um, and they were down to move with me, and we had, uh, you know, we'd we'd been curious about the scene in Olympia, um, so we all just kind of moved there. Um, but I was pretty aimless. I thought I wanted to teach, and uh, and then I, you know, realized like, oh, I hate waking up early. Why? Why would I want to teach? Fuck that. <laughs> so I just I just kind of graduated as soon as I could, and and then moved to Portland immediately after. Okay, and, so. So just um, what's your background with, with building? Did you, did you start with, with kits yourself and, and just kind of slowly start figuring out how to do your own circuit designs? Or 
unfortunately not no so i what did i i had i had like a weird little builders club as a as a interesting precursor to this um uh way back in the early 2000s and basically some people would come over to my house and we would use those little radio shack perf boards and make little 555 oscillators and um <laughs> stuff but you know like perf boards really bad it, actually like i have a pretty low yeah. Uh, success rate with perf board and, and it turns out a lot of other people have also had that experience so I got really discouraged really easily because you know only maybe 60% of the things I built would actually work and the things I that did work wouldn't work for very long it was only a matter of time before a pad got disconnected or something and mm-hmm. so I got really discouraged and actually gave up the hobby um, for a little bit oh. I'd messed, a, messed around uh, a little bit earlier when I was still in college, but I, I basically gave up the hobby because I wasn't getting anything out of it. And I was like trying to repair an old Micromog at the time and I was just lost and I couldn't get anywhere and I was running into the same problems. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm just going to make this other music. Uh, you know, at that time there wasn't, Eurorack wasn't popular yet. Um, mm-hmm. And there, you know, I don't think there were hits at that time. This is like 2003, 2004. Uh, maybe there were. If there were, okay. I wasn't aware of them. Um, and then, uh, God, I guess it was must have been five or six years ago. Five years ago, this guy, um, uh, this he was like a dad and a, a stand-up bass player, and he was selling uh, his uh, music from outer space modular um, in half-working condition. Uh, and he was also selling some tools with it and like basically his whole electronic music hobby, basically. He's like, I'm getting rid of this. Uh I don't know what to charge for it because none of it's standard and it's all half working. Someone make me an offer. And I looked at it and I'm like, I I just have to make contact. So I shot him an email. like, I'm really interested. I don't know what to ask you for yet, but just know that I'm really interested. And then I, I gave him a price and, um, went and picked it up and then suddenly I had a bunch of half working modules in no format and, and uh uh but more importantly what I had was some empty circuit boards uh for the first time. Like I had a real circuit board to try and I had uh-huh. some parts and I had uh an iron and I had uh some tools. So I I I built uh the MFOS Wave Freaker um as my first build um and it worked and i was like oh my god it worked and at that point (laughs) my head just exploded because i was like wait if if i can build this wave freaker i can i can build anything and i got you know uh (laughs) so from there i started repairing the modules and self-learning um hooking up with some other people because by that time the diy scene was definitely here um uh and uh just kept on having more and more successful builds and um it just kind of went went from there and and then i was doing the there's somewhere on my in my on ai synthesis.com and like the build guide section there's this thing about making money with modular and i talk about the the build three sell two philosophy um Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh back then back then i was doing that and um it was working out like super well like the the Apollo I'm recording through now, I bought with that money with, with profit from, from building modules. And, nice. um, 
yeah, it was it was super cool, and I was I was spending all this time building, and I I still love building. I wish I had more time to do it. Um, uh-huh. And uh, I was building, and I was kind of like I had this weird spreadsheet where I was like tracking my costs versus my income, and like making sure that I was profitable, and just spent more and more time just thinking about modules and and things, and and finally I was like, I have to make this a business because otherwise I'm just going to drive myself crazy. Um, so wow, that, that was AI synthesis. That's, that's beautiful. That's a really yeah. cool story. Just like you want, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people have totally different circumstances, but an kind of an, uh, a similar, uh, gateway into there's always the the price of entry is always this big thing that like everybody's like i was gonna do it and i couldn't do it and then this happened and like that's that's one of the best this happened stories i've heard that's awesome oh yeah a shout out to uh to dave wherever you are the guy who sold me that (laughs) (laughs) crazy yeah it's funny how necessity will kind of breed this 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 uh awesome thing you guys have going on yeah, it's the mother of invention, some would say. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh I mean, it's addictive. Once you once you have that power in your hands, the whole world just kind of opens up in this crazy way. I mean, it's 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 a it's 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 not like having superpowers because it's not, but you know, when <laughs> whenever I watch like a a superhero movie and like the you know the hero gets their powers and they're just like whoa, I'm like yeah, I, I know that face. I've made that face before <laughs> because you're you're just like oh wow, every everything I've ever wanted, I I can I can make, and that's, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, go ahead, go well, ahead. Ian. Yeah, I think I'd like to walk through and for anyone listening. AISynthesis.com. AISynthesis.com is the site where these kits are offered, but also Modular Addict, SynthCube, uh, Thonk. Thonk. Abraham has gotten a lot of, uh, 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 really, all the DIY sourcers that I go to, I've seen your kits on before, and so speaking to you is exciting. And oh, I, cool. I kind of want to walk through what you have and what you're prototyping for anyone listening, because I think there's a little something for everybody. So you have a passive multiple kit for yep. Eurorack. It was the first thing that you offered. Mm-hmm. And simple build, no wiring. Great introductory build for someone with no experience, Best too. Best introductory mm-hmm. build. Well, let's talk about the multiple. Was this something that you had been building for yourself in the past? Was this something, was this a circuit that you had designed just for your own utility? I mean, I had built, you know, multiples. I'm, I'm a big fan of paneled multiples. Uh, so my, my system is a hybrid 5U, MU, Eurorack system spread over a couple different cabinets um, because I started in 5U and then, you know, you start a Eurorack company, you're going to have to buy some Eurorack modules. Um, but yeah, the, the multiples there, um, one, because it, to me, they're incredibly useful. I, I just love a, a paneled multiple. Um, and, and two, uh, it's, it's supposed to give a person who is terrified of DIY that first head explosion of like, I can do this. Um, and it is an incredibly easy build. It's the only module where I've literally had to provide zero support to anybody. 
it's like has a 100% <laughs> success rate. Um, so it's like, you know, you get to build it, you learn about ground versus not ground, which is incredibly important, um, and signal flow. Um, so, but it's really just to be like, here, you, you can do this. And, and it, it proves that you can. So the AI002 then is an audio and CV mixer with uh, Unity Gain uh, mixing output. What else is part of this circuit? What else do you see people using this for? Uh, there's an optional mode to give it drive. Uh, if you le if you leave the uh, is it the third leg of the the master pot on it connected to ground, then as you get closer to fully clockwise, the signal becomes uh, really unstable um, in a really fun way. And then when, when you hit ground, of course, it short, shorts out because then it's at ground. Um, but as you get there, some interesting things happen. So you can use it that way. Um, or it's just a really, you know, clean mixer that you can use. Uh, mixers are also incredibly useful. And that's there is like, okay, you built a multiple. Uh, this has power. So now you're going to learn that you need to have the chip oriented in a certain way. And now you're going to learn uh, how to um, troubleshoot uh, signal. So I made a, a video somewhere um, about how to trace an audio signal um, if you're having uh, problems with the, the input stage. So it kind of it teaches not only building um, and dealing with power and, and an active circuit, but also a way to debug your circuit and like how to kind of get beyond just the directions of like, okay, I, I put in all these resistors and yeah, Abe told me that this was a, an input protection resistor, but I don't know what that means. Um, so let's be like, no, look, you can, you can see that the signal goes in here, hits this resistor. Now it's a little quieter. Now it goes over here. You can hear it on this third leg. And on the second leg, depending on how you turn the pot, like this is how it actually works. So it gives you a little bit of that if you're looking for it. Yeah, that's a lot more fun than you get with most mixers. And <laughs> I, I do want to say, I think, I think that your design is beautiful. I love I dig it the too, knobs. Yeah. I love that everything actually seems tactile, and it's so hard to find that in Eurorack. And you never want to have something that is too overwhelmingly large in your system. But you really strike a wonderful balance between. Uh, between that tactile component having uh, controls that really stand out and, and thank you so much for this, <laughs> thank you for using panel-mounted components as much as possible. Oh, yeah, there's no wiring ever in any of my products. Um, I, I actually have to give all props to uh, Grayscale. Um, when I was getting in, um, I mean, well, thank you. I'm So, spoiler alert, I'm really bad at taking compliments. Um, but this one in particular, I don't actually deserve. Um, this one, all I had was taste when I said, you know whose stuff I love? Grayscale. So I just reached uh -huh. out to Grayscale and I was like, do you design for people? And he's like, I totally design for people. And I said, cool, let's work together. Um, so he, he designs all of my, um, all of my panels. Uh, I think I gave him the artwork and I gave him, uh, like I chose the knobs. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, so I chose, I chose the font and, uh, like the type of logo it would be mm -hmm. Pardon me, part of me. I'm drinking my podcast juice. Uh, so I burped, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, basically I give him, uh, a drawing of like, this is what 
I think it looks like, and then he sends me back a better version, and I say thank you, okay. Grayscale, and well, I give him cool. money. Well, and I want to add in, it's really fantastic that uh, Grayscale, I mean, his panels are ubiquitous in the DIY world, maybe not everyone. In the Eurorack world, uh, knows of these designers, but I, I, I mean, I've seen dozens of Grayscale panels. The fact that you could go to him and have him design something that, because you liked it, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's and these do look wonderful. Thanks. Yeah, it was it was really important to me. So I mean, I so in the five view world, DIY became increasingly more difficult with the demise of MOTM. But you know, it used to be uh, when I was starting my journey that you could you could build an MFOS circuit, music from outer space, um, or uh, a Catgirl Sense CGS uh, circuit, and then you could um, buy a nice professional black panel from Bride Chamber. Now they're carried by synth cube um but i don't i don't think they're being restocked i, I should ask chris about that um uh and you you could end up with something that looks really professional like my my rack looks i think beautiful um and it's it's two rows of five U my live rack and uh two rows of euro um and they work together and play together really nicely um and everything looks great um and uh, you know, in the DIY world, obviously, you've got people that, you know, will just Sharpie on uh, acrylic or plexiglass and, um, <laughs> or or do whatever. And that's great. Like, honestly, more power to you. I It's just not my personal aesthetic. And mm-hmm. having your own company, especially one, so a- AI is my initials. It, it is mm-hmm. also, I get that it's artificial intelligence is part of it, but... Um, you know, it's it's literally my it's my name on the panel, so it's like I want this to look good next to anything it's next to. Like if you put my stuff next to Mutable or uh, Maths or any anything, I want I want your your build to look just as good as their stuff is. The next one is the looping ADSR, and I I think this is a really interesting circuit. I really love that you have a matrix of the modes on mm. the page. So yeah. people That's can important. see that there's essentially <laughs> eight different operating modes on this. But walk us through the module a little. Yeah, so that's kind of like the first, what I call real module, um, or like the first <laughs> thing that any, you know, that if you have a couple other, like if you already have a Eurorack system and you've, you've already know how to DIY, you're probably not going to be super interested in the mixer or the molt. You're probably going to be interested in the filter or the looping ADSR or all the things that I'm cooking up next. Um, so the looping ADSR is uh, was designed by a fellow, and now I have to look at my own website real quick, uh, from New Zealand. And sorry, I don't remember your name. Guy in New Zealand, it's, just, it's been a, a year and a half. Um, and it was on electro music, um, and uh, it seemed like a really cool idea. And I built it, and it was it was built for running off of two nine volt batteries. Um, and uh, Nicholas, um, it was is his name. Um, I give him credit on my store page, um, and it could do looping uh, at the time, and it could do. Some other things. I don't think it could do manual triggering. It had some interesting things, the way that it was kind of built. But it was meant as a really simple breadboard circuit when uh, Nicholas presented it. Um, 
so I contacted him and said, hey, you know, I think this is really cool and I'd love to adapt it. Um, so when, one of the main so – I don't want to get too nerdy about the circuit, but – This is a t- podcast about modular synthesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- so. typically, when you, typically when you have an ADSR, like it's pretty hard to find an analog ADSR that has fewer than four ICs because you've got counters and logics and all this stuff going on. Um, and the really cool thing about this ADSR is it, it removes all of that. There's none of that. It's just two op amps. Um, and, well, it's not. It's two op amp chips, so it's technically six op amps. Um, and a bunch of diodes that just do switching. And yet it, it, it with that simplistic design, it's like it doesn't have a short long switch, and it doesn't need one. It can go super long and super short. Um, just with the knob, you know, 20 milliseconds that's, to that, 14 that seconds. The, so I've been eyeing that for, uh, for a little bit, actually, um, that ADSR. And, and that was one of the things that was, I think, one of the biggest pulls for me was that feature you just met- uh, mentioned. And, and a 20-second decay. I mean, it's, I, yeah. that, that needs to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the times on this is wonderful. Because, you know, not everyone wants to make acid. You right. Know, being able to have an envelope, we're talking a 14-second maximum attack time 20 second decay time seven second release that is uh far longer than you'd find on most commercial modules that are pre-assembled yeah so i i'm really excited about this module and i'm excited to build one for myself uh, yeah like i think i added a comparator to it i can't remember all the mods we made to it to kind of and, and we had to change it to work on 12 volts in, instead of nine as well but we we did a bunch of stuff to it um and yeah, it's a, it's a cool circuit and it's a really good third build because you, you know, it's got a good part count to it. Um, and, uh, you know, in the end you get a variable slope LFO slash envelope generator, um, with manual and gating and all kinds of good stuff. I have a question. So you, you said it's a, a really good third, third mod, third build mm-hmm. and it just, that's it just seems like it's you you really thought about this like not like not only what modules you wanted to build and not only did you want to make them DIY like you wanted you you have interesting ideas and interesting takes on some of these pre-existing circuits but you've also it seems like you released them in order you have this like it's almost like this super integrated course slash manufacturer you know it's I don't know so how I guess how much pre-thought went into all of that? Like, it seems very, very premeditated. Yeah, a ton. It, it really, I like the, I always say like the, the, the purpose of this business is to teach and I teach by selling modules. Um, but the, the number one is always to teach. Like I don't make any money off the guides, um, you know, in the, in the, any of that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, the schematics are free and, um, I'll chime in to uh, DIY forums uh, where I know people are not going to buy a kit and they're not going to buy a PCB because they are like hardcore DIYers and they want to acid etch their PCBs and do it all themselves. I don't care. I'll just be like, yeah, here, my schematics are free. Go for it. Um, it's, it's always to teach first and foremost. There are some really great uh, DIY companies out there that also do DIY modules um, and more power to them. Um, I think so. 
it's it's kind of twofold. Um, I mean, one, it, it there is like, I built this company to teach, um, and I giving people the uh, excuse to start their own journey and um, gain their own power as a builder is a huge driver, and uh, that helps me have the energy to sustain the company. Um, because it does take a, a ton of energy. I, I literally packed 80 kits this week. It's been exhausting. Um, uh, um, and then, uh, boy, there was a second part of it, and uh, I cannot remember what I was going to say. I, I mean, part of it's also easier for me because I had never built, uh, you know, modules before as far as, you know, ordering panels and and PCBs and you know it, it costs thousands of dollars to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's not cheap. You're you're putting money down. Um yeah. to you know to do it and it's like, "Oh boy, I, I sure hope the screws are the right size because <laughs> if those holes are, are wrong, then I have to dump these in the trash." Um Yeah. <laughs> and and so you know for me it's like, "Well, yeah, I'm going to start with the multiple because one, it's small, less money <laughs> if I waste uh-huh. it. And then two, it's going to, you know, teach me as a as a manufacturer, you know, what I need to do um, and like what's out there. But, you know, one of the hard things about Eurorack is there is no standard. There's a standard for every other type of module and there's literally no standard for Eurorack. It's just Dopefer decided to do a thing in the 90s and most people copy him and some mm-hmm. people don't. <laughs> so if you buy... You know, a, a CJ Werman module, oh, watch out for that stripe because that's the positive, not the negative. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's just yeah. there's, and, and like with cases, like cases are different size. A, a, a tip top is not the same size as an LB case. They're different. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that stuff is, it's, it's just a, an, inc- an incredibly hard m- non-format to manufacture for because you have to, take into consideration all of the worst case pun intended scenarios where it's like mm-hmm. you know someone will be like oh this this model doesn't fit my case uh, oh no like what, what's going on uh, what what kind of case is it what what is it oh well i i built it well geez man um i don't know <laughs> it, it fits everything yeah. you can buy <laughs> yeah it seems like and I don't I don't I don't like want to get too heady but I, I feel like like you you almost exist as like you 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 came out of a place of of empathy cuz you went through all of this and you know that if you went through it everybody else is going through it or or a lot of other people are and you were and you through figuring out how to make it easier for yourself you kind of took it upon yourself to be somewhere for you know for all of us so I just I I love that that there are people like you that exist out there because some, I don't know if if you're just left on your own to look up information online and, and, and try to figure this out for yourself, you're, you're going to be lost at sea for a while. Oh yeah. yeah. And trying to dip my toes into DIY modular building, the most intimidating thing was that a build guide would be a list of components, maybe a schematic. (laughs) And I'd be looking at it. And, uh, you know, the first couple things I tried to build, I I blew the fuck up. I <laughs> burnt the shit out of some ICs. Oh, have some mangled circuits with the traces sticking off of the pads. And you have video guides. You have 
wonderful documentation. You even have guides for getting started in DIY. So I think this is a really wonderful um, first step into DIY for anyone interested. It makes so much more sense than finding someone that did a run of PCBs on Muff Wiggler <laughs> and said, go find some parts, go do this. And so everyone out there, take a look, AISynthesis.com. <laughs> mm -hmm. With that, you have a, a newer module that um, looks pretty fantastic, the OTA voltage-controlled filter, which yeah. you list as a loving tribute to the MS-20 filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. So, so was it you loved the MS-20 filter so much and then sought to try to kind of pay homage to that, or was that how did, how did that come together? Yeah, so it's it's uh, it alludes to what you were uh, so nicely saying, where um, so there was a version close to this filter floating around. Um, it's it's usually referred to as the Rene filter, um, which is a very very simple schematic uh, that has an uh, an op amp and I think like two CA thirty eighty. OTA chips, uh, which can be a little hard to find. Um, and it does a really darn good job of being the MS-20 filter. Um, so this is a mod. So people were building that um, or attempting to build that. And um, a lot of people are just having problems building it uh, because they were having to strip board it um, or uh, just for, for various reasons they couldn't find ca3080s um there was conflicting information as to whether or not the modern lm13700 boy am i saying numbers uh would work uh sorry so i it's all right man i've been i live in portland and so does every other modular maker um uh -huh. <laughs> and uh like i it's, it's, I went to a show last night and you know, I shit you not, there were there were four other makers there. <laughs> just none uh -huh. of us, you know. And that's just life in Portland and so you can talk to people and just start saying chips in casual conversation because everyone gets it. Uh -huh. So sorry about that. But um so I wanted to I, I specifically wanted to make a version of this filter. One because I do love the filter. It is a uh really interesting design the resonance is pitched to its own kind of magical scale um and will change uh uh its its pitch in different ways depending on what's fed to it in a way that everyone seems to agree is very musical and fun um and there are definitely there were other ms late ms20 clones there were also a lot of other early ms20 clones which is actually the same filter as the i want to say the mini 35 so, uh, no one correct me i don't care um <laughs> uh but there there i didn't see any late ms20 clones that were single channel um just either high pass or low pass you usually had to get both um and i was like that's not very fun mm -hmm. Um, and I also saw an opportunity to modernize uh, design and make it easy for people to build. Um, so I worked with a guy who was um, initially possibly going to be my uh, my business partner uh, because he is a much better circuit designer than I am. 
uh, Charlie from Sagitronics, who's, whose blog is probably still turned off, but uh, look him up on YouTube. It's great. Um, uh-huh. uh, and Charlie, send me designs if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so he sent me something, and then we, uh, I went uh, with that um, after working on some other different variations. Um, and then we did a, a little update to make the low-pass signal a little louder when there's no resonance applied. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool little little filter. There's some extra work, I think. There, I think there might be a V2. It's, it's an interesting thing because, like, as it is, it has a pretty low parts count. It actually has lower parts than the AIO3. Um, oh, nice. And it... Um, it so far, actually, I haven't had to do any support on that. So it so far has a 100% success rate. Um, if not, reach out to me at slash contact, um, and I will help you. Um, <laughs> and but go ahead. Well, with you have two circuit boards on this one. There's no wiring. Just never seated headers. Never Wonderful. wiring. But I wanted to ask <laughs> about that magical scale because I've heard people allude to that with a diode ladder filter, but with this OTA uh, mm-hmm. style, what do you think? gives it that characteristic is that is it that there's output buffers on the ota chip what do you think it is yeah it, I, I believe that that is exactly what it is it's the it's the nature of, of the ota itself and um i i haven't mapped it out i don't know if maybe tim stincomb if that's how you pronounce it you can google him he has a like a lengthy i think 12 page PDF on this filter, uh, which is fascinating to read. Um, and, uh, but yeah, as, as the pitch comes in, so the resonance on this one is, is highly, highly, highly interactive with the gain of the input signal. So a too hot signal will actually decrease the resonance. Um, and sometimes you have to back off that input in order to get the resonance really going. But the, the resonance interacts in a very interesting way, depending on where the cutoff is and what's being fed into it, and it will kind of take its own pitch. Um, it, it is a, a, a sine wave when, when fully resonant, and that pitch of that sine wave, it's it, it's just it's different than other uh, resonant filters I've worked with, um, in in that it's it's well I haven't mapped it out, so I, I can't actually describe it very well, but it's just. <laughs> It's it's very cool <laughs> and very fun. Um, it's 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 really aggressive and, and pretty gnarly and very growly as far as filters go. Um, so it's it's definitely one of those. Um, and in its current incarnation, I'm drinking some water. Um, it does uh, need a bit of gain on the uh, on the output stage, so like in the VCA stage, um, to bring it mm-hmm. back up. And I might rectify that in um uh in a v2 build but i'm not sure because it does add a ton of parts um and that's i haven't so i, I when i built it i was a being it against the uh cord gasmatron 2 um mm-hmm. which is a uh a, a great ms20 filter and um tonality i think i match it um in a lot of ways uh, but it has just far more features. It's got two different low-pass modes. It's got an uh, a, a, a overdrive mode on it. It's got tons of bells and whistles. It's, it's a much bigger, fuller-featured... It's a different module. Um, and it would take much more 
parts and time and energy to build and have a bigger HP size, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I've, yeah. I haven't figured out if I want to add that on to it as an option or, or not. I'm still kind of considering that, but I like it as it well, is quite yeah. a bit. It, yeah, I think that's just, sorry, Ian. Well, it, it, it has character. That's for sure. <laughs> Listening to it, it has character. It is a beautiful sounding filter. And one thing I wanted to ask about with it is you have two CV inputs. I was going to ask that Are too, these I think. just summing uh, it, those two inputs together? Is it just a summing CV signal? What uh, do those two, how do those interplay? So the second one is summing, but the first CV actually goes through an, an attenuverter. Um, so to get, if you, if you plug an envelope into the first CV input, if you want no, if you want to attenuate that CV signal to zero, you would have the knob at 12 o'clock. Um, and as you uh, go counterclockwise on the knob, uh, it will invert that CV signal to greater and greater degrees, which is really handy because you can put it, the filter in either low pass or high pass mode. And you may want that envelope generator, um, if you were using that, to lower the frequency instead of raise the frequency of the cutoff if you were in high pass mode. Um, and as you turn it clockwise, it acts as a standard kind of attenuator on the first CV input and raises the CV. Uh, so the first CV input is an attenuverter, uh, and then the second one is, yes, just a pure summing um, uh, CV input. Now, what are the upcoming modules? What are you prototyping? Well, so actually, let me interrupt you there, Ian, because I don't know how deep into his website you got, but I've got one pulled up right now, and I think this is going to make you very excited. The AI-005 CGS Utility LFO. Ooh. Oh, Oh, yeah. getting cat girl with us. This is Ian exciting. is a very big cat girl synths fan. Oh, me too. I've got a ton of uh, of CGS stuff in Five U, um, and uh, and uh, some of their stuff is available in Euro already via um, LB, um, uh, but some of it isn't. And this is one that is not. And I spoke with them both, and they gave me their blessing. Um, so yeah, it's going to be uh, the the dual uh, utility filter. Uh, with an added sign output on either sides, because uh, I love a sign LFO. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's basically, uh, you know, all my modules are always going to be wiring free, always, period. I won't release something that has wiring um, in it. So uh, it's going to be a wiring free version of that. Um, and um, it's actually really far along. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a funny thing about having a DIY business, and I think mm -hmm. uh, this goes back a little bit to the thing that I forgot I was saying, um, but as <laughs> as I was thinking through the starting of this company uh, and getting more serious about it, uh, that was around the same time that Hex Inverter stopped doing DIY. And um, I had kind of been paying attention to the DIY life cycle. Um, Mm -hmm. throughout that period. And, and a lot of guys drop out of it um, because it does require more time than running a traditional, you know, send your, send your thing off to get packed and built and then just mail them out. Which is funny because th that seems counterintuitive, like to me. Um, I mean, it makes sense as you kind of, as, as you've been talking about it, but it seems counterintuitive that 
Because, you know, I think it would be easy to think, oh, well, they don't make them. They're just going to send you the stuff to make them. But then the sourcing and the packing and, and everything. Yeah, it's it's just me. And it's it's pretty funny. I'll, <laughs> I'll see on Facebook someone will tag me and they'll be like, oh, yeah, those, those guys at AI Synthesis are great. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, by those guys, do you mean me and my girlfriend binge watching something <laughs> while we pack kits? Because that's all there is. Like, everything's me. There's no, there's no team here. It's if you contact, hit contact, it goes to me and I reply. It's Is um, that something that you want to, you want to, is that at a necessity on purpose? Is that something that you want to change? I mean, are, are you happy with, with where you're at and how you run it right now? I'm, I'm definitely open to changing it. Um, I mean, so I'm, I'm also working on, um, I'm, like I have five modules in what I would call the mid to late prototyping stage where like mm-hmm. they're, they're really, 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 really close. Like I've got, I've been working on this high quality, uh, quad VCA mixer, um, that I'm super excited about because it's super low parts count and it's super high quality and it works. Like I've been playing with it, uh, but I, because I had to, um, like the filter and this is a good problem to have. It's been very popular and, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I have a day job. Um, so okay. yeah, that's I, gonna be my, my next question. Yeah. So I have a date. So typically my day is like work, my day job, um, where I have a, a fair amount of responsibility and it takes time <laughs> and brain power. And then I come home and I pack and ship whatever orders I got that day. Uh, and then, uh, which is quick because I pre-pack the modules. So I just have to, you know, put stuff in a box and ship them. And then, uh, and then I go about my day with whatever that is, be it packing or circuit design or God forbid, not doing anything and making music or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but because the filter's been really popular ever since it came out, I've been like super busy and I, I packed whatever it was, 80 kits this week. And now I'm actually like sold out practically. So speaking of sold out kits, yeah, you have my favorite filter in prototype. Oh, the yeah. Steiner Synthicon filter. Maybe so you're an IDM fanboy. You'll recognize it from the Tuss records. Mm-hmm. You'll recognize it all over the place. It's a beautiful filter with three simultaneous modes. Put them together. Make your own multi-mode filter. So what do we have in store with this circuit? That one is a little bit TBA. Um, <laughs> it absolutely works. Um it totally works in a couple different configurations. Um, so, you know, obviously there's one, one, there's one prerequisite when it comes from you to putting out a product, which is that it has to be um, easy to build um, either. And that's without you buying a kit from me. It just has to be easy to build. Um, so even if you just buy the PCB, you have to be able to easily source the parts. Uh, they have to be available for a long time. Um, but then there's a second level where it's like, it's not just about like, like I would argue that one thing that makes our kits different is that they are easier to build and have like a different level of support and are coming from a different kind of uh, like learning environment. But uh, at the same time, I don't just want to, I also want them to be different. So I don't want to put out the same exact design as someone else because I want to be adding to the marketplace 
not just in terms of like, well, this is a, a different option because it's, you know, wiring free and easy to build and has all the support and blah, blah, blah. I also want it to be like, yeah, it's also like cool and different. And, and in its own right is a thing you might want to have, even if you didn't buy it, or even if you, if you bought it built and sold, which we, we do that all the time. I'll build modules and they have a one year warranty and it's just like anything else. Um, that must be a really difficult aspect of what you do is, is satiating your excitement for a, a particular type of module or design while also having it, having it be, uh, you know, a, a market contender or, or, you know, for lack of a better word. Yeah, totally. I mean, because our community is incredibly small. Like I live, uh, I think, so what I live right next to antimatter, uh, <laughs> uh, like I live next to Ross. Um, like I live a couple blocks from, uh, a, a ton of, uh, like from, from, uh, from Moffin Zeef. He's a couple blocks away from me. Like mm -hmm. we're all here. Like we see each other wow. constantly. <laughs> I went to Jeff from antimatter's birthday party last year and there were like seven makers there. Like it was basically a mini convention. Um, like, so, you know, one, I'm, I'm not a jerk and I don't want to just like put out a design that directly copies or replicates what someone else is doing. Um, but B that's just like, it's not good. Like that's not a good product because if someone else yeah. already has a thing, like, well go buy theirs, you know? Um, right. Right. And so it's no much, fun. Yeah. How much have fun. With I this. wanted to ask about the, 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 the Portland thing and the community thing. Technically, I guess you guys are all competitors, but like you said, if you're not building the same things, I, I guess my question is, is how, how often are you guys bouncing ideas off each other? And is, is there some friendly competition or is it like, what, what's, what's it like? Cause you're in the, you're kind of in the epicenter of modular synthesis on planet earth, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's great. I mean, it's, it's probably more positive than, it is on the user's side. Um, but yeah, no, we totally bounce ideas off of each other constantly, um, like constantly, constantly. Um, uh -huh. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we offer to help each other out with modules. And um, I, I think there's probably more under the table collaborations than most people are aware of um, just to avoid confusion or like avoid yeah, brand confusion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I wouldn't even say there's healthy competition. I don't think there is competition. Um, like I, you know, the, almost everyone I've met is super cool. And um, like, if you're cool and I like what you're doing, I mean, even if I don't like what you're doing, if you're, if you're cool, I'm going to support you uh, because I'm yeah. also, a, I'm also a musician and um, I'm also a human being who, you know, just lives here. And like, I think, um, like antimatter's mixer, like every, uh, Jeff must be sick of me talking about how cool <laughs> his mixer is, which it, to me is like the most brilliant mixer ever. And I'm constantly telling him how great it is. And if I understood <laughs> his crazy quantizer looper, then I would give him props on that too, but it kind of boggles my mind. And then the, the stuff, that Ross is doing um, with uh, percussion is just like super cool and has such a unified aesthetic. Um, it's, it's just awesome. And I, I go to their shows, I go to their talks and, and vice versa. Like we, we all just 
we just support each other. I think it's worth uh, mentioning that the assembled versions of all these modules very well priced. Yeah, very 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 affordable stuff. Um, this is the I feel like you're if if I have somebody ever come up to me and ask me, hey, I want to get into modular. Where do I start? I'm and I'm I'm not blowing smoke here, and Abraham did not. Uh, pay us to say this, I, I would I would send them to your, your website. I think there's just a lot of, it's a great intro. Wow, thank you. As I'm far good. as just uh, li live recording or, or performing, do you have a, a moniker? Do you have a band camp or SoundCloud or anything you want anybody oh, yeah. to check out? Yeah, I'm, I'm force damage because I also play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <laughs> so nice. force damage. How do damage. you have time to do that while you're running a company and have a day job? Dude, and a girlfriend, I know. It's, and a uh, girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, and my friends are always like, oh, we should do this or we should do that. And I'm like, my man, absolutely not. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. I mean, I do love playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and as an a, adult, it's a, a great way to hang out with your friends um, every yeah, week. Yeah, I tried to get... I tried to get a, my group of friends to do it, but none of them were. They kind of just made fun of me, and I was like, oh, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, those people <laughs> suck. But, I mean, it's a, it's a really wonderful um, prompt for people to group improvise in a really fun way. And we've been running this campaign for three years, and uh, it's, it's – it's, it's one of the more important things in my life is, is, is my, my friendship with this particular group. It's pretty great. For the sake of brevity, I've got, I've got your words ready for you. I, okay. Uh, unfortunately, since we're doing this while you're in Portland and we're in Seattle, I had to randomly choose them for you. But yeah. are you ready? I'm prepared. In 15 minutes, we want to hear your interpretation of a stellar faucet. A stellar faucet? Yeah. Okay. So thank you, Facebook friends, for giving me a bunch of words. And and for people that are listening, go find the Podular Modcast on Facebook. Submit some adjectives and nouns to us. Yeah, we need them. All right. Um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to close out the episode with Abe's Cosmic Sync. Enjoy. Enjoy.